Welcome into The Harvest, a podcast dedicated to helping ordinary believers take the message and mission of Jesus out of the building and into the everyday places of life. I'm your host, Andrew Stroud, and today we've got a special edition of the podcast for you. Two of my favorite people, my wife Cindy and my co-host on this show, Abigail Wilson, recently connected and had a conversation around an important topic, raising children in the harvest. If you're someone who's interested in taking the message and mission of Jesus into the everyday places, then this is a conversation you don't want to miss. The big wall for the church when it comes to building community and a shared life doesn't happen when someone becomes an adult. It doesn't even happen when someone gets married. It happens when we have kids. So how do we bring an all-of-life approach to our faith that creates space and makes room for our children to come along with us on the journey? Enjoy the conversation with Abigail and Cindy. Welcome, friends. We are back for another episode of the Into the Harvest podcast. We have a really exciting show for you today on a topic that we know a lot of you have been asking us to cover all season, um, and we're finally getting to it today, and I'm pretty psyched about it, um, children in ministry. It is the topic of the day. And before we get started and you guys turn off this podcast because you don't have children, I'm just going to tell you, don't do that. If you don't have kids, this episode is still for you, and I'm going to tell you why in just a second. Um, And all of you that do have kids, buckle up because this one is for you. Um, As a person with children myself, I know how much this topic is at the forefront of my mind at all times. So um, yeah, let's just do this one together for sure. Okay, so we have a very exciting guest today. Um, Cindy Stroud is joining me, Um, Andrew's better half, I might say. And she is going to be here in just a few minutes to answer some questions for us. But before we get started, I just want to say to all of those of you who do not have children or your children are grown or this is just not really a topic that's even crossed your mind, I want to tell you a little story that I hope will encourage you to listen today. Um, I grew up in a Christian home, and so just discussion about Jesus was all the time at my house. Uh, My parents... um, shared the gospel with me from a very early age. I was in and out of church at all times. So I had it, you know, coming at me from my parents and from my Sunday school teachers. But I just wanted to say that probably the most um, important conversations that I had as a kid and memories that I have about Jesus were not from my parents and not from my Sunday school teachers. I I'm sure they're all like hitting themselves in the forehead right now, but um, it's true. Um, whenever we would have like some guest person come in for Sunday school, like just someone from the congregation, um, those were the really most impactful kind of lessons that I ever got. Um, people that came in and shared their testimonies, um, told us about how terrible, how terrible they were as a kid. Um, all those types of things really made a huge impact on me. And I think um, maybe it's because they were, you know, these older, you know, like super ancient 30-year-olds that my parents hung out with and I never talked to. And just hearing from them as real people, talking to us as kids, it just made an impact that really nothing else did to that same extent. Um, And so I just want to throw that out to all of you, that as we look around at the children in our ministries that maybe not even are our own children, just know that we have an impact on them. They are watching us. They 
understand and appreciate when we talk to them, and maybe they're even listening a lot more than we might realize. So it's something that I was always considering before I even had kids, just how I could talk to children. I'm not like a super kid person, even though I have them myself, but... It was just a challenge to me, knowing how much it meant to me as a child. I want to send that same challenge out to the rest of you as well. Um, That just as we're going through this episode about kids in ministry, just start thinking of maybe your own giftings and how that could translate to kids. Or um, just start praying for the children that you know that are in your life, um, whether they're nieces and nephews or the kids of your friends or your neighbor's kids, whatever it might be, those kids are in your life for a reason and you can still have a really huge impact on them. So this episode is for everybody. And as we get started into it, I also want to share one last little story. Now, guys, I'm just full of stories today. Um, this one came from a few years ago. Brett and I were at a, a ministry conference, and it came at really the perfect time, this conversation with a an older ministry kid. He was probably in his 20s, but he was sharing stories about growing up on the mission field, and he was just sharing how his parents would take them all over the place. Um, he was actually um, in China for most of his life. And so he was talking about, you know, taking the train deep into China where they had never seen white people before and just crazy stories. Um, and he said, you know, it really made a difference that my parents took us with them on their mission trips. Um, that we, It was a family thing. We were a family of missionaries, and we felt that from a very early age. He said, our parents were constantly telling us why we were doing what we were doing and constantly reinforcing, you know, why they were choosing the choices that they made to give their life to missions. And it really impacted Brett and I in a huge way. As our kids are getting um, a little older, our, our oldest is eight Um, Our middle is six and our youngest is three. So we're just entering like the years where our kids are not just little lumps that cry, (laughs) but actual like human beings. Um, It really encouraged us and kind of gave us um, just that push that we needed to sometimes make the hard choice of bringing our kids along on mission with us. Um, And so as we talk about doing ministry today with kids, we want to caveat all of this by saying we know it's going to be hard. When when this kid was telling us these stories about his parents taking him all over the place in China, I was just thinking like how hard that must have been logistically and just, you know, sometimes actually being scary, like legit scary um, for his parents. And just thinking how, you know, when it comes to kingdom work, that really should not be our highest priority, like what's easiest, what's the safest. Those are not words for us as believers. So we just want to caveat everything that we're about to talk about when it comes to kids and ministry as we know how hard this is. And we just hope that this um, whole episode encourages you and inspires you and maybe helps you where you are. And just know that Cindy and I, we are in this with you 100%. So As I just said, Cindy, I'm about to introduce her. Hi, Cindy. Are you there? Yes, Abigail. I'm here. Yay. Hi, Cindy. (laughs) So um, Cindy is with me today, and we have not been together in person since, gosh, how long has it been, Cindy? Like 10 years? 
I think actually the last time I saw you, you were pregnant with your first. And we were at a conference <gasps> in Denver together. So I think oh my gosh. about eight years yeah. ago. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I was huge. I remember that. Yeah, good times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what brings us together today is the topic of kids and ministry. It's kind of perfect because – when you and I were doing ministry together, your kids were basically the ages of my kids now. Wow, that's just kind of crazy to me. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it it really it really is because I remember thinking like, what a really amazing and seasoned mom you were, um, which you were. I'm just not that myself now, so I'm kind of disappointed in myself. I haven't reached your <laughs> oh my goodness, no. <laughs> your level. <laughs> well, to me, the sad thing is, is okay. I haven't even met your kids yet. I would love to meet your kids at some point. So, I'm sure you're an awesome mom. <laughs> well, thank you. They are. Um, well, you know, they're Instagram stars, as most children are these days. So, you know, that's that's you're getting the best version of them, Cindy. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> Yeah. So, okay. So, Cindy, we really wanted to have you on today because your kids are a little older than mine. So we're hoping that we can cover some things maybe from the two ends of the spectrum. So can you just share with our audience about your kids, what ages they are, and kind of who's still at home? What does your current mom life look like? Well, um, Andrew and I have been married for about 24 and a half years. So in this coming July, we'll celebrate our 25th anniversary, um, which is just insane to me. But um, so our oldest is our only daughter, Hannah. She is 23, um, just turned 23 a couple weeks ago. Um, she is married. She got married this past July to a really wonderful young man named Thorne. Um, so they're in the area, but she is out of the house at this point. Um, and then we have three boys. Um, our oldest is Kai, and he is 20. And um, he has a job as part of a web, web development um, company, which is exciting. Um, he did college for a little while and then um, found out about a program that was about coding. And so he um, got involved in that and is actually working in what he's kind of hoping will turn out to be his career. Um, he's enjoying it at this point. So that's exciting to see. Cool. Yeah. Um, then we have a 16, about to be 17 year old son, Ethan. He's a junior in high school. And our youngest son, Jackson, is 12 and is seventh grade. And we're actually homeschooling him at this point. Um, so three boys in the house, older, oldest, <laughs> only daughter wow. is out. So I am surrounded by a lot of boys. boys. So, <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Well, that is mind-blowing to me because, for one, Jackson will always be three. And <laughs> that's just really, really hard for me. So let's try to look back a little. Um, can you remember back, Cindy, when you were a young mom? <laughs> I'm sure you can. Um, so we're going to just kind of get into those younger years first. So 
thinking back to those younger times as a mom when your kids were little, and then I'm sure you see a lot of young moms around you in your ministry now, what is maybe some advice that you wish you had had when you were going through like the, the potty training and the baby years? Um, I feel like when I look back and it is, it does take me a minute to think back to those times. Um, cause I tend to just kind of focus on the time I'm in at the present, you know, but, um, I think for me, it was really important to have other moms with kids around the same age. Just, um, that was something that I was blessed with, um, during those years and very thankful for, um, cause I had my daughter at 20 and really had no idea what I was doing at that point <laughs> as far as what it meant to raise a child. And so I, um, had, you know, friends who were, a little older than me who were also um, just starting out with, you know, their families and having kids. So they were a little wiser. So I was able to glean a lot of um, just, you know, direction and um, intentionality and things from, from those women. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, So I would um, just encourage, you know, young moms to, you know, get around other young moms or moms who are just, you know, maybe a year or two down the path, uh, you know, somebody that has kind of been there, done that, that you can seek advice from, um, who will actually, you know, remember a little bit easier, all the details, you know? <laughs> um, and I think, um, as I look back, maybe something I wish that maybe I had paid attention to. I mean, I think, you know, when we're young moms and older moms will say, well, they grow up so fast. And um, you're like, yeah, yeah, you know, it it doesn't (laughs) seem very fast to me right now. But it truly does go by so quickly. Um, You know, really let that sink in because these little people who are just around your ankles all the time and runny noses and everything, they will grow out of all of that and they will um, grow up and, and leave your home. And what, you know, what is it that you want them to leave with? Um, what kind what kind of foundation do you want them to take with them? Because the goal is for them to move out and to get out on their own and, um, you know, have their own families. And so just for me, I wish I had thought more about the end goal as far as just what do I want them to take with them and kind of have that always in the back of my mind, even as I'm going through um, just the everyday mundane type, you know, activities that just seem like, you know, it's Groundhog Day, the same day over and over again. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah, that's such good advice. Um, I, for one, definitely agree that having your kind of mom tribe is so helpful just to not feel like you're all alone. (laughs) Um, But sometimes it's not, I guess, possible. So maybe just seeking out um, just, you know, even friends online or something. Just find those people that know what you're going through for sure. That is such great advice. And then just what you said about it going by really fast – um, is, you know, I think 
when you're holding a newborn and you haven't slept at all, it's probably like the the thing you don't want to hear because you're like, oh, this is not, this is never going to end. <laughs> but I think by the time I got to my third kid, it actually had sort of sunk in a little bit and had made it a tiny bit easier. Like when we were going through potty training with this third one, I mean, I really, I was hating life, I admit it. <laughs> but at the same time, I knew that it was going to end because it had ended with the first two. And I was like, so I know it will end. And so it is actually helpful just to remind yourself, like, whatever this hard season that you're currently in, like, it is going to come to an end. Like, I promise. So that is really a comfort for sure. And I think it's actually a comfort as well in ministry because sometimes if you're if you're really involved in ministry that can then kids can really feel like they're pulling you away from maybe what you want to do or um, what you would rather be doing. Or if just you have other passions that are hard to get done with your kids being really tiny, just remember that this is a little season that you're in and it won't last forever. You will return to being you know, your normal self, I guess. <laughs> and so that kind of brings into that that last point of yours, which is just the idea that these are our most important job, actually, is really what you're saying. Like this of like us raising them to be godly men and women is the number one priority. And so when we feel like maybe they're taking us away from ministry or from important tasks, like I, I just have to be reminded well, they're actually my number one, you know, little disciples <laughs> that I'm raising up. And that's a really huge task. And I shouldn't take away from that um, when I feel like they're keeping me from something else that's more exciting. So that's really good. <laughs> that's good stuff, Cindy. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So now you're basically in the years of, of teens. You've got teens. It's happening. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Uh I can't tell you like how many times like I see some mom in the grocery store and she like looks at my little child and she's like, oh, he goes by so fast. And then they like lower their voice and they're like, I have a 15 year old. <laughs> and it's just like with this like and I'm like, oh, well, that's great, too. You know? <laughs> I have no idea. So, Cindy, speak to the, the teen moms out there. You know, what is something that has helped you through as far as this season goes? And maybe this kind of covers all seasons. I don't know. When, I, when we came up with a question, you know, I haven't been there, obviously. So it might be something just throughout mom hood for you. Um, but is there like a promise that you've gotten from the Lord or just good advice you were given or, you know, just a really giant glass of wine at the end of every day? I don't know. Like what, <laughs> what has really kind of gotten you through like the times when your kids are just really making you crazy? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, you know, sometimes the, the glass of wine, you know, might be a little helpful every now and then, but you definitely, <laughs> you know, you don't want it to, to be an everyday kind of thing, but, um, no, <laughs> listeners, we are not supporting that. <laughs> no, no. Um, I think as I was just kind of trying to reflect on, you know, um, the question. And um, I think one of the things that has been helpful for me is to just um, educate myself on not only myself, but on my children and how we're designed and um, our our personalities and our temperaments. And there's different ways, you know, um, of trying to figure out those kinds of things. There's Myers-Briggs and uh, a new one that I am just 
coming to know is the Enneagram, or I'm not, I can't even say that correctly. What? I have not actually done that one yet, but uh, I know that oh. I know there's tools. I was going to ask you what number you were. No, oh, okay. I don't know what I am yet because I that's how new it oh. is for me. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, and so just there's different ways to try to um, you know learn about personalities and temperaments that I I think is very helpful not only with raising children but just in getting along with other people in your life, you know, family members or um, friends and just understanding um, how people are wired and why one person might um, irritate you in a way, you know, that another person does any kind of thing. Um, So just kind of having an idea of how your kids are wired and how you're wired. And um, I just heard on a, a recent podcast that, the child that you tend to butt heads with the most is probably the most like yourself, which I believe is oh. true to some degree because, <laughs> you know, I do feel like my daughter yes, and it is true. <laughs> my daughter and I have been known to, to butt heads now and then. Um, and we are similar in our temperaments, um, although I'm more of a feeler and she is more of a thinker. And so that <laughs> doesn't always go very well when in the heat of an argument. But um uh, so I think that's one of the things um, that I would just encourage uh, parents to try to just look into, you know, um, just to give yourself some sort of baseline for, you know, why is this child um, so sensitive or, you know, they get upset at every little thing and that bothers me. But, you know, it just that just may be the way that they are wired. And then maybe you can have a little more, you know, patience with them. I don't know. That's just a small example. Yeah. Um, no, that's really good. Um, also, I, yeah. there have been times where, you know, I try to do a daily quiet time and read in several different spots throughout the word. But there have been times when I just had to stop all of that and just read Proverbs because I figure if I need wisdom, <laughs> this is the place to go. And, you know, I've, Throughout the teenage years, I've done that many times. Just, okay, Lord, I really need some help right now, you know. Um, And uh, I would just encourage also, you know, find a mentor, a mom who's got older kids or they have teenagers now, but, you know, at least somebody you can be a sounding board um, with and just – or they can be a sounding board for you and just – you know, someone who's kind of either in it or are just coming out of those years, just somebody that you can ask advice um, of, I think, would be really helpful as well. Yeah, that's that's so good. Um, and sometimes, although I have found it hard, especially with teenage moms, they seem very, very busy. They have lots of activities going on. So, hey, teenage moms out there, if you're listening, just know that us younger moms, we really want to hang out with you. Like, we'll make it work. Like, help us out. (laughs) Yes. And I I do think, you know, moms of teenagers are busy. But I do think that if they have a heart, um, you know, for ministry and for, you know, other moms, that if the younger moms just say, hey, could we grab coffee sometime? You know, I think that they would be, you know, ready and willing to do that. It's just somebody needs to, you know, just say, hey, I would really like to, you know, pick your brain about something um, and, you know. Be the initiator. Yes. (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, um, I want to go back to what you were talking about earlier with their um, personalities. Um, it reminded me of something that I found really important as I'm, you know, in these younger years and I look to the older kids or even I think the comparison game like starts pretty much as soon as they're out of your body. Um, like, you know, your friend over there, well, her ch- kid was like, you know, two ounces heavier. So somehow that makes them better. I don't know. <laughs> the comparison game was just strong in my own life. Um, that made to say a lot about my character, you guys. But um, <laughs> I something that has helped me, you're so right, is just knowing my kids – you know, our life even and our personalities are all going to be different. So um, if you look over at your neighbor and their kid is just like quietly sitting, um, like looking at at a picture book all through church and your kid is like sticky and screaming and running around like – it's it's gonna be okay. Like, <laughs> I just want you to know that like you're you're just dealing with different problems. Like I promise that that child reading the little book, you know, they have some other issue that they're dealing with. So I think the comparison game is just really strong, um, and often in ministry even more than it should be for sure. So um, if you're feeling that way, uh, just recognize it um, and recognize your own kids. Um, their giftings, uh, their pros, you know, like their, their good thing qualities and their bad. I mean, just we have to be honest about all these things and not have expectations that are outside of our realm. Um, and if, by the way, if it's your friend's kid that's running around with the sticky, you know, hands, then also like cut them some slack. They really could be disciplining hardcore over there <laughs> and it's not their fault. <laughs> so um, I I just wanted to say that there really does have to be a huge level of grace um, with parenting and with kids. So whether they're your kids or not, um, that is such good advice to try to figure them out, just to try to identify maybe some of their strengths, maybe some of the reasons why they're behaving the way they are and try to find some solutions solutions for them. It just may not be possible for every kid to, you know, sit quietly in color for two hours or something. So um, when you're trying to do church um, in kind of everyday places, we don't have that uh, ability to send them off to Sunday school. And so we do have to have a little bit um, lower expectations for what church might look like and as far as perfection goes. So if you're a perfectionist like me, then you have to really lower those expectations. It may be a little louder, a little messier, and a little bit you know, slower and going because of kids. And just be prepared for that, <laughs> I guess. So thanks for that reminder, Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, I think it's important to remember, you know, perfection is not the goal that, you know, all of our yes. children behave perfectly all the time, because then we'll just be in a constant state of frustration because children do not behave all the time. So exactly. I think you're yeah. definitely on the right track. You know, keep the expectations realistic and, you know, don't try to Super make your low. kids perfect. <laughs> Well, or just have yeah. none, and then, like, you know, yeah. I tend to do, and then I'm never disappointed, so. Wow. <laughs> but, nice. You know, that back, love it. That backfires sometimes. <laughs> All right. Friends out there, just find a, like, happy medium between Cindy and myself, <laughs> and you will have found the perfect place. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. Yeah. Okay. So, let's see. We have some other questions. Um 
from people. All right, so uh, what is something that you found really rewarding in doing ministry with kids? As all these years that you and Andrew have been doing full-time ministry, your kids have been right along for the ride. So just maybe share with our listeners some of what that has been like. Well, it's looked different um, throughout the years. We um, Early on, we you know, were involved in a, a ministry um, that was on a military base. And so our church family, we would um, attend a chapel service. And um, it was, you know, that's more of the traditional type church setting. So we did that for a long time. Um, and along with our personal ministry um, of you know, doing Bible studies and uh, meeting up with people one-on-one or in small groups as well. Um, so, you know, it looks, sometimes it looks different for um, men than it does for women. So for me, um, a lot of times the kids were with me. Um, if, you know, I was getting time with um, a young lady, you know, and she didn't have kids, then um, it was helpful if she came to me, to my house and the kids would be running around and um, doing who knows what while we were trying to, you know, talk or go over a Bible study we were working on. Or um, So it's just kind of like different um, at different stages and different times. So um, as far as something uh, that I feel is rewarding that has come from just the all the different ways that we've done ministry throughout the years. I believe one of the main things is how our children can relate to not just their own peer group. They can relate to those who are older than them. Um, I think more naturally than maybe, you know, kids their own age um, tend to, you know, especially in the day of cell phones when it's really hard to get you know, some, a a child's (laughs) attention if they have a cell phone and have like a real conversation, you know, with eye contact and all of that. I feel like that might be an art that's going away. But um, I I feel that, you know, for for my kids, they've learned how to um, just relate to those who are older than them. And, you know, they're not like scared, you know, of adults or, you know, of course, I have two adult children at this point, but, um, you know, they just, um, are comfortable, um, you know, talking to other people. And um, I feel like, especially in recent years, as we've done more of um, church out of our home or um, our friends' homes, just the family feeling um, of coming together to worship the Lord in a way that just seems really natural and really familial. So um, I think those are two Mm two big things that I see that have been benefits because, you know, I grew up in, you know, a traditional church and had, you know, youth groups and those kinds of things. And I was always a little hesitant that, you know, well, maybe my kids are going to be missing out on something, you know, if they Mm -hmm. aren't in a traditional church. But, you know, I feel like, you know, God is able to use the people that are in your lives to, you know, help you know, my kids, you know, a lot of the people that have come through our ministry have really been huge blessings to our kids in different ways. So, um, you know, he, he brings people in, um, that not only you can help them, you know, in their walk with God, but then they can turn around and help influence your own children 
sometimes kids will listen to Aww. other people more so than they will their own parents, you know. So I'm yeah. I'm grateful for those kinds of people. <laughs> yeah, well, that like circles back to what I was saying at the beginning. I mean, in my life, for sure. I mean, those there were some like really influential conversations that I had in my childhood that were all from like just random friends of my parents, you know? And I remember talking to my mom about that years later and she was kind of like, really? That person? You know, I'm like, oh yeah. You know, they told me about, you know, when they were a teenager and what they did and how God changed their lives. And she's like, wow, I had no idea. So I think it's an encouragement to all of us that we just really can underestimate our um, impact on our on our friends' kids, even, um, and so that is really a cool encouragement. And also, just that idea of what how we're doing ministry now in homes does have a really great family feel to it. Um, it reminded me of a story that um, I when I was growing up, my parents' best friends they were also in ministry, and they would come over and have these long drawn out like conversations about spiritual things and I remember falling asleep in the middle of the living room floor like listening to my parents talk about Jesus and I we were sitting in house church not that long ago and my two oldest kids um were still awake and it was pretty late and they just sort of um had gotten like all their blankets and pillows and stuff and just piled them in the middle of the circle of people like you know we were having church (laughs) and our kids are just in the middle like laying on the floor with like pillows and blankets and all their stuffed animals and by the way they were being quiet which was a real win so (laughs) this is a winning story um But they were just laying there and they were like kind of falling asleep. And it just hit me like, oh, my goodness, it's happening. Like they are in the same ways, like falling asleep, having like a really comforting feeling of like, you know, there are stuffed animals and home and like safety. And it's surrounded by all these people talking about Jesus. I sort of got emotional right there in the middle of church, but it really, it is, it's a huge, it can be really impactful on our children. We, they could be over there playing. I mean, I don't think my children were really paying attention, but just knowing from my own childhood that those are strong memories that you look back on. And I'm sure your kids are the same way that just the life that they have, you know, observed as a child, you know, from the outside is is full of their parents, you know, putting Jesus first and conversations about Jesus over and over and over again. And that makes just a huge difference. It's a great um, thing to pass on to the next generation. So, oh, I'm inspired. <laughs> Exciting. Uh, well, thank you, Cindy, for being our guest today. We know that um, you are not a huge fan of public speaking, so we really are grateful that you would come on the podcast and chat with us. We hope that this conversation has encouraged you listening. Um, We've really just talked about kids and ministry, but we hope that just by talking about it, it helps you to know that you're not alone in this. Um, There are no clear defined answers, I don't think. Cindy, do we have any defined answers for the people? I don't. I'm sorry. I wish I did because I could like write a book or something. (laughs) Right? Yes. Okay. So we don't have them. We're sorry if you thought you were going to come here for... (laughs) But what we do have is hopefully just encouragement that doing ministry with kids is very natural um, and that it can be really, really rewarding. So we hope that you will all stick with it. We hope that if you don't have kids and you listen to this, you will have a greater appreciation for your neighbor who does have children and we will all just 
work our very hardest to invest in this next generation of believers that are coming up. So thank you guys. We hope that you are having a great day listening and we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can help us reach more people by going to iTunes, subscribing, and leaving a review. And if you like what we're doing here, tell a friend about us. In an age of social media, word of mouth is still the best way to spread the message.